Welcome to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. Each episode will tear down a myth, kick a social norm in the beanbag, gut punch a sex ed untruth, or destroy a poorly constructed relationship expectation. Get ready to unlearn all the crap you accepted as fact. Strap in for a mind-blowing revision on what sex is and what it can do. Prepare yourself for a whole new thought pattern when it comes to modern relationships. And now, here's your host, Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally, relationship expert and certified sex and intimacy coach. lovelies. Welcome back to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. It's me, Jenny Simus, the Intimacy Ally. How are we doing? How is 2024 treating you, my lovely? I hope really, really kindly and generously. So today we are going to talk about something that has bothered the living shit out of me for years. Um, but I am really over the moon to talk about it because I do feel like it plays such an important role with women getting back into dating. And that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know, for, um, my classes and courses that I'm trying to introduce people to. So we are going to talk about the five love languages and how much they are bullshit. Yay! Won't this be fun? So I first learned about the five love languages when I was still a military wife and overseas, and another military wife had gone to a retreat with her husband and came back telling me all about the five love languages and how it explained completely how things worked in her marriage and how everything could be boiled down to these five ways that people want love and expect love or show love. Right. And, you know, I was like, Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So for years, I got the person who created the love languages confused with an actual fucking psychotherapist. (laughs) Whoops. And don't get me wrong. Like people can be coaches. People can, you know, be therapists. People can have varying degrees of expertise. But when I think about my love life, probably the last person who I want to be telling me how I'm supposed to express or seek love is a old white Baptist preacher who's talking only to heterosexual Christian couples as a queer Jewish chick. Like that just doesn't really vibe. So for years I had gotten this confused and thought that John Gottman had come up with this and was like, all right, maybe there's something to it. Um, Maybe I should listen. But now, (laughs) like it was a couple of years ago that I found out that it's actually Gary Chapman, who is a Baptist preacher who on his website more than 10 years ago, I guess, had someone asking about 
what to do about their gay child. And then he just said a bunch of really cruddy shit. We'll get into it. Um, it was sly cruddy shit too. That's the worst. That's the worst kind. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the five love languages. Sorry, I'm like jumping ahead. Uh, but let's talk about what the five love languages are if, in case you somehow have not heard of these. Um, so they are words of affirmation, uh, compliments, quality time, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. I mean, already, like... Who doesn't want some of that sometimes and some of that not? Or who isn't able to give some of that sometimes and some of that not? So it seems really simple and it seems a little baseless, right? So let's break these down. Words of affirmation. Okay. Compliments. Who doesn't fucking like getting compliments? Like, I love hearing you're beautiful, you're sexy. Oh, damn, you made that ham really good. Uh, quality time. Like, that's what all of us are fighting to spend with each other because our lives are so complicated by everything that has to happen on a daily basis right now. Gifts. Receiving gifts, namely. Gift giving. But... Seriously, so I have a problem with this one just because, like, I'm so angry and uh, anti-capitalist at this point that I just want no more gifts. Like, I want, or rather, I don't want physical things for gifts. I want experiential gifts, or I want a gift that was uh, something that we didn't have to buy. Yeah, so I'm I'm just, like, a little all over the place about that one. Um Acts of service. I hate this one. And I feel like it really speaks to the misogyny that created this list of love languages and physical touch. All right. So what are my problems with this? Well, one of the biggest is that, as I stated, it has come to light uh, in a couple of different articles that I've read that there is some bigotry going on with Dr. Chapman or Mr. Chapman. Oh man, I got to edit that, huh? Uh, see, I just keep thinking that this is like a person that should have some authority, but they're really not. And that's a problem. Like his theory on this is just awful. And it's very, very uh, restrictive. It's very putting each person into a little box and this is what they do and this is what they want. And never is there ever any room for that to adjust or even to have the other person acknowledge that perhaps this is what you want one day. This is what you want the next day. Uh, and there's like some really, really cruddy stuff happening here. So what I researched was on can culture and also one of my favorite bloggers, uh, Scary Mommy, has an, a blog up about this. And she really hit the nail on the head 
with my issue on Gary Chapman. So let's go ahead and talk about that. Uh, I will post a link to this blog. Um, and it's the creator of the five love languages is a homophobe. And this is why we can't have nice things by Kristen May. Now, I don't know about you, but I've followed Scary Mommy for quite some time now. Really love her stuff. And the way that she describes this, one, talking about the millions of dollars that he's made off this, because it's it's totally gatekept. Uh, and if you go trying to teach about it or anything, you have to get, like, permission from him. Um, what else? She talks about the concept of the love languages working its way into like every relationship that you know about. And, and see, this is the thing, like the, the five little bullets can show up on any kind of Google search, any Wikipedia search. Right. But a lot of people just go off that they don't read his books. They don't get, you know, religious counseling with him. They just have these five things laid out. And like, if you do this, then we are compatible. And if you don't do this, then we are not. And that is where the fucked upness really shines through on this concept. Um, now the words of affirmation, the fact that that's one of the love languages that he preaches about. And then when he talks about <laughs> this advice, this is directly from his website. It says, question, my son has recently told us that he is gay. I'm having a very hard time dealing with it. How can I help him with this and still show love? And his response is, disappointment is a common emotion when a parent hears one of their children indicate that he slash she is gay. Men and women are made for each other. It is God's design. Anything other than that is outside of the primary design of God. I'm not going to try to explain all the ins and outs of homosexuality. Oh my God, as a sex coach, that's fucking hilarious. But what I will say is this, we love our children no matter what. Express your disappointment and or lack of understanding, but make it clear that you love them and that you will continue to love them no matter what. I would also encourage you to ask your child to do some serious reading and or talk to a counselor to try to understand him herself better while continuing to affirm your love. Now he goes on to say more about this. And the one that really pisses me off is that he says that you should, um, whew. all right, breathe, breathe. Yeah. All right. Almost all parents, even those who say we should tolerate all lifestyles, will feel shock and deep pain if one of their children announces that he is homosexual. What the actual fuck? Obviously, that's not part of what he's saying. I will go on. The initial reaction is that they have failed their child in some critical way. 
holy shit, you're a douchebag. The fact is that research has failed to discover the causes of homosexuality. We simply don't know why some people have same-sex attraction. So what's a Christian parent to do? The example of Jesus would lead us to spend time with them, communicate with them, and demonstrate love for them, even though we do not approve of their lifestyle. This is the fucking kicker. And it was the fucking kicker for me and for Kristen May, because this is that fucking old institutionalized Christianity line of love the sinner, not the sin, which if you are calling the sin that your kid is like a different political party than you, or your kid follows a ketogenic diet and you want to eat a bunch of carbs, those are fucking lifestyle things, right? Yeah. Being queer is not a lifestyle choice. It is something that we are inherently born with. And to say that you love them, demonstrate. Also demonstrate, not love them, but demonstrate love. So act like you love them, even though you don't approve of their quote unquote lifestyle. All right, D-bag. Um, that's all I wanted to jump into that about. Now I'd really like to talk about uh, one of the people who I also follow, Raquel Martin, PhD, and I will put a link for her stuff also in the show notes. Um, she brought up such an amazing point when I was researching this. She said, okay, that's great. You, you know these things about love languages, but what about anger? languages? What about frustration languages? What about people who need space? Like, where is that on this list? And I just thought that was brilliant. Um, obviously, there's a reason that she's like a PhD and I'm not, so there's that. Um, then in can culture, in their story, and yeah, you're probably going to hear me turn in some pages because I printed it out old school style. Um, they talk about how people work through different situations differently and that this really kind of shuts down that option. Also, they did uh, cover a bit of the Scary Mommy a story. And there's this one piece that I found really interesting. So let's get us there. Um, all right. So one, like I had mentioned before, except where I foibled and called this fucker a doctor. Um, although he was never considered a reliable counselor or source, romantic relationships are now being dictated by these five ubiquitous love languages. And that is a direct quote from Sama Namat Allah at Can Culture, uh, which is a Canadian website that was created to share culture and music and art uh, things. So yeah, there are people out there who are basing their entire relationship 
on the basis of their five love language compatibility. Seriously, that is a thing that is happening a whole fucking lot. I have heard from the single ladies that I work with, oh, well, you know, I've told him that my love language is spending quality time and he just keeps not giving it to me. That's actually one of the things that makes me go ahead and hand them uh, a card for psychology today or send them to one of my trusted therapists because I feel like there is something so insidious about this. Like thinking that you can just announce to someone, ah, this is what I like. So do it or we're done. What is that? No, 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 no. You can communicate your, your likes and your dislikes and, and you can have conversations about what kind of ticks you off and what doesn't. But in the end, relationships are a lot of compromise. They're a lot of fucking compromise. It's not this simple. Making it sound this simple just really takes away from the nuance and the diversity of the ways that we can interact with other people. Do you get that? So now in this uh, article, they go on to talk about Dr. Julie Gottman, uh, who is John Gottman's wife, uh, and her take on the five love languages is that the categories are superficial and rigid. And she wonders why there are such narrow boxes when people can easily be more open to different concepts of love. Uh, and there's also this idea that springs from that, that, okay, you might not be the most wanting of physical touch, when you first enter a relationship, it might be kind of weird, like you don't want somebody to be all handsy on you when you just meet, but you give it a few months or, you know, however long it usually takes you to get comfortable with that, you might be the one who's all over somebody like white on rice, right? How can you just automatically go to somebody and say, well, I'm, I'm all about physical touch, like that's my love language, and expect them to just give that to you or accept it. Also, it totally discludes anyone who's neurodivergent. For real. Uh, neurodivergent people who I know and love can absolutely love, love, love someone and cannot physically stand to be touched. Also, what about all my beauties with fibromyalgia who would get hurt, like physically feel pain also? because of all the nerve issues. Yeah. What are they supposed to do? Like guy their dreams otherwise, but his thing is all about physical touch. All right. Well, people are not that myopic, right? We are, we are very complex. We have very different ideas from day to day, minute to minute. Like this is just so strict and rigid and such like a way to 
box people in. Like, I just, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, let's see. The last thing that I wanted to touch on was actually about using the dating apps and having your love language in your profile. Y'all, come on now. Um, let's see. On Tinder and on Fumble, I know for sure you can share what love language you are like it's part it's one of like the, the things that they let you fill out uh for your profile um oh my god like no no uh thinking that you won't work out with someone who you've never met and you haven't even given a chance just because your love languages are not compatible Oh, God bless it. Um, this dude is doing like such a disservice to people by making them think that this is required. And it also affects people's ability to understand that they can adjust their behavior and can grow with another person and change with another person. I just, I just can't fucking stand it. So also, I mean, it's really misogynistic and it is super heteronormative and it is so about all the things that I want to fight with this podcast, all those societal norms, all those things you came up believing were fact, a big one, a big one. And this is probably what I'm going to leave you with because I don't want to make this one too long because I want you to listen to it. And I've gotten all this feedback from my ladies that you want shorter episodes. So what I'm going to tell you is the biggest fucking irritation that I have with the five love languages is the acts of service. Because so many women internalize that and say, oh, well, but acts of service are my love language. So when the dude says, oh, I really respond to acts of service, you take it upon yourself to become Susie Homemaker. You take on all the invisible work in a relationship, and you think that you're doing this out of love. And I just really want you to kind of check in with yourself and say, are these acts of service really me? Like how I express my love, how I give my love to my partner, or is this me taking on the brunt of all of this fucking invisible work just so that I can say that I'm fulfilling the love language that is expected of me? I'm going to leave it at that. So, uh, if you have interest in signing up to be in my course that is coming up in February, uh, please feel free to send me a message at theintimacyally at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Instagram and go to at theintimacyally to do that and send me a message. And just let me know you, what email you would like the invitation for the masterclass sent to. Uh, bah, bah, bah. I think that's it for housekeeping.
So I am going to tell you on this cold and snowy day, uh, be kind to each other. Uh, try to enjoy your time here and try to never be the smartest person in the room. And if you get that, oh, we could totally hang. Goodbye, my lovelies. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning in to Storytime with the Intimacy Ally. We hope you learned a bit more about putting the fire back in your romantic relationships, exploring communication and emotional readiness in all relationships, and how to expand your definition of intimacy so you can reach your relationship goals. Go to theintimacyally.com to subscribe and never miss an episode. Follow the links in the show notes to social media and events. Till next time, keep on learning, growing, and thinking. Storytime with the Intimacy Ally podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as health or mental health advice.